You're listening to the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast with Monica Woodhams. Influencer Girl Lifestyle is all about connecting you with top entrepreneurs, influencers, and celebrities who are sharing their secrets to living the influencer life behind the Instagram filters. So get ready to learn the ins and outs about influence, some girl talk, from dating to shopping for Gucci belts, and of course, the all-too-frequent debate over mimosas versus Bloody Marys at brunch. Here's your host and go-to for all things influencer lifestyle, Monica Woodhams. Hey, y'all. I'm here today with Sakura, the founder of Something Sakura and the co-founder and creative brand director of Blogettes. So I'm really excited to have her on today because she has been in this industry for quite some time now. So she's seen the ins and outs of it. So welcome, Sakura. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you guys today. Yes, I'm so excited too. And I don't know if I've mentioned this to you, but I actually went to um, the Blogettes workshop in San Diego. Like, yes, like I remember. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is insane. Like That feels like light years ago. It really does. Time flies. Yeah, that was our actually very first workshop out of state. And that was like a really big deal to us. So, yeah. <laughs> Hope you loved it. <laughs> I did. I did. Honestly, I th- I've told this story on the podcast before, but when I think about moments that really made a huge impact in me getting to where I am today, that was a very pivotal moment Aww. because it was the first time that I saw, like, you know, girls my age actually making their creative passions a business and it really gave me permission to be like you know what I don't have to wait any longer oh thank you that means a lot yeah so now that we got the emotion piece out of the way yes let's let's go into a fun little this or that sure let's do it okay yoga or bar oh bar tequila or wine tequila Oh, good answer. <laughs> I'm not a wine wine drinker at all. Um, do you have a favorite type of tequila? I really don't. It's so funny, but like I just recently discovered that tequila is like the drink, the alcohol for me because I um I haven't been drinking for that long actually, and I don't do well with like alcohol to be honest. It's probably like my Asian like part Asian Damn. side. Um, yep. And the tequila, like, sits really well with me. So tequila is, like, my go-to now. Yeah, I'm the same way. I, like, got to a point where, like, even vodka didn't really settle well with me. And usually friends always thought, like, that's the one that you'll be fine. Yeah. And, And wine also makes me just, like really just flare up. And, again, like, my mom, so my mom's from so that really confuses her but uh-huh. my dad's side is Asian oh, okay <laughs> so, I didn't know that yeah so I think that I get my alcohol situation from that side Very of the family <laughs> my mom is just like I don't get why you don't want to drink wine I'm like <laughs> I know I just get sleepy but yeah, yeah. It's definitely tequila for me <laughs> yes yes I want to start to learn more about tequila now that I figured out that like I feel fine with that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so Instagram posts or Instagram stories? Ooh, 
I love, I like Instagram stories more. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. More entertaining and it's, I feel like it's faster and yeah. And you know, your tops are always right there. And so I would have to say Instagram stories. Yeah. Have you played around with IGTV? You know what? I really haven't. And I know that's so embarrassing for me to say that, but I have not played around with Instagram stories. This summer has been so crazy and that's when they rolled out. So Mm -hmm. I need to get into it for sure. But I have seen a couple for a couple Instagram uh, TV, uh, I guess, episodes for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So next one is takeout or cooking. Oh my gosh. I'm an awful, awful cook. <laughs> so definitely take out. And then the last one is leather jacket or denim jacket. Denim jacket. I love yeah. leather jacket too, but I'm definitely like more of a casual chic kind of girl. So I love basics and then like kind of dressing it up um, a little here and there. So definitely denim jacket. Love it. I love it. Okay. (laughs) So let's transition into really learning about more about you and something Sakura, as well as how you became the co-founder of Blogettes. And even just, I mean, there's so much to cover here because I think we can really talk about, you know, how you balance both. And I really would love to start there is how you balance both having your own lifestyle blog, as well as being the creative brand director of a company. How do you stay motivated and balance both? Oh man, it's tough. It's really tough. Um, to be honest, you know, Blogettes has taken over my life since we started it five years ago. Um, it was a small side idea that evolved to a full-time thing. And I'm very, very grateful for that. But as um, we started Blogettes, um, I think a year into it in 2000, no, I mean, the same year we launched Blogettes, um, I actually started my blog, Something Sakura. And, um, you know, it's, it's a lifestyle blog that I truly, truly enjoy. And it's really the personal side of my life. And, um, it's, it's been a little tough. And, you know, my blog had taken a back burner for, I would say the last, like, three years, um, majority of the time that it's been live, just because Blogettes has just been so crazy busy. Um, and, but I love Instagram. I love posting. I love the blog side. It's allowed me to really be, um, to keep my creative flow and creative passion. And, you know, it's, it's, been really fun. But like I said, you know, Blogettes has taken over my life. And, you know, during the day from really eight to five, um, I am at Blogettes. I am full on, I'm wearing my Blogettes hat, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but as a lifestyle blogger, you're, you're bringing people into your life. And I've actually done um, a couple Instagram polls and people really love to see my personal side of things um, more than work. Um, and, you know, it's a little bit tough for me because it's like, oh my gosh, majority of my time I'm 
here at the office, here with clients, you know, so it's been a little tough balancing it, to be honest, especially on Instagram uh, stories. But I do a really, I try to do a really good job with getting, um, I have my group of interns um, that kind of dedicate towards my something Sakura side. Um, and I really like dedicate, I mean, I try to dedicate at least two hours a day towards my blog. Mm-hmm. and um, the business side of things. And then at least like once a week, I take content for my blog. But I mean, it has been really, really tough balancing both because like I said, Blogettes is so busy and it definitely requires a lot of my time. So I'm still trying to figure out my balance. But currently right now, that's about how much time I'm dedicating towards um, towards my blog. Um, but Last year was, I would say, the first year that I really put more, really made it a priority. Um, and the second I made it a priority, my blog side, um, it just, it just blew up as far as partnership, paid partnerships. Um, I really just saw a return on making it a priority. And, um, that kind of, I made it a priority once I landed a very unexpected big partnership and I, uh, Southwest, um, airlines had reached out to me to be one of 12 of their brand ambassadors. And I was just so honored and so excited, but I was like, and you know, they were like for, it's a year contract. Um, every month, like you kind of have to send reports and I was like, Oh my gosh, like, I need to put a lot more effort into this. You know, if I put more content out, if I put more effort, that means with other content, I can have more of a dedicated following and more numbers to show them. So I really made it a priority and the return was amazing, you know? So I truly believe like, I wish I could put even more um, time towards my blog, Mm -hmm. but I really saw a return on it um, in this last year. So that's kind of a little bit about kind of how I balance my, both of my businesses, I guess. And I work a lot on the weekends too. Yeah. I love that. And I love that you're honest with, you know, you know, it wasn't a priority for a few years. And I think a lot of people can relate to that, especially, you know, if they do have either a separate business that really is kind of the bread and butter of what they do, or even if, you know, they're really passionate about their career, but they want the creative outlet of the blog. Um, But, you know, you saying that once you made it a priority, like you really saw a return on that. I think that says a lot about what can happen when you just decide to show up and just do it. Oh my gosh. Like I can't even tell you. And you know, it's, it's, a frustration for me because I know that even if I can dedicate more time, the more I'll get it back in return. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The more I'll build my following, the more I'll get, you know, amazing brand partnerships. So, um, but you know, I think we, we, you can always make time and when you make it a priority, you'll make time, you know? So for me again, you know, I, I, saw my blog as a creative outlet, not as a business for the last, you know, three years. And the second I made it a priority, I really saw a different, a a huge difference. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's been crazy, but I'm trying to still figure out that balance so I can dedicate more time towards it. (laughs) Totally. So over the last three years, obviously, you know, the industry has shifted a lot, but what are some 
key things that you've noticed that maybe were different when you first started something Sakura and then when you decided to kind of jump back in and really commit to it? Yeah, I feel like back in 2014, and granted, I have been, my very first blog was actually in 2000. 2011. I started. That's right. Yeah. So I, I, so I actually started a blog with my best friend and, um, and that kind of just like fell through because having a blog with two people is really, really difficult. Um, (laughs) Yeah. The lifestyle blog is really difficult. So, I mean, it was our, it was my, our first attempt. Um, but then in 2012, um, we started, uh, I started, it was kind of my, I would say my first business venture and it was, it was called the sorority secrets. And I started it with two other girls and it was basically showcasing the positive side to Greek life. Um, and it was, at that time it was the number one sorority website. Um, and it was kind of where, you know, girls like sorority girls shared their secrets and it was like what was trending at different schools. And it was really, really cool. But you know, I had learned so much and at that, and I have been following the big bloggers that are today since they first started, you know? And I remember when like these bloggers were posing in front of their garage doors. And at that time, I truly believed that it was just like a blog was a blog. A blogger was a blogger where she just posted an outfit and that was it. There was no personal aspect to it. Um, it was truly, this is what I'm wearing. This is where you can get it. That was kind of it. I feel like as the industry has evolved, you really, I mean, it's been going this way for a while, but I feel like it's going even deeper is like really just that personal brand and Mm -hmm. that personal side of things. And I feel like if you don't, you don't get anywhere in the, in the influencer blogging world, you know? So just what you're wearing or what your house looks like. Like it's kind of, you know, it's kind of been done. Like everyone wants to really get to know the influencers. And that's why those that are doing well are doing really well because people trust them. People feel like they know them, you know? Mm -hmm. So I would say like that has evolved tremendously. And I mean, as you know, video has been huge. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think video, um, but I think, you know, I don't know how old you are, but I'm 28. Um, yeah. Oh, perfect. Um, (laughs) and you know, I, we have a lot like at blog ads, we have a lot of girls that are, you know, in their early twenties, you know, even like we our youngest girl is 17, you know? Oh my gosh. I know. And these girls have been watching YouTube for a long time you know, and I feel like there's a little bit of a disconnect between even, you know, me as a 28 year old and how we use YouTube to how they use YouTube, you know? And, um, I feel like more and more, um, I don't want to say that I'm old because I'm really not, but (laughs) you know, more and more, I feel like people are going to be using YouTube to really get to know, their influencer, their blogger. Um, so, and not just YouTube, but Instagram stories. Like I think just really, so video to really know the personal side of, um, an influencer, I guess. 
I see that really evolving. Yeah. I think that's so interesting because you're the second person in like the last week to mention that like, uh, people like 17 to like 23, they, that they used YouTube completely differently than we do. And it's just so crazy to think about because like you said, we're not old. Yeah. We're not. <laughs> but it's just crazy how that's changed. I coached high school cheerleading for a few years and even the ways that they used um, texting and Snapchat were different than how I use it with my friends. It's such a bizarre thing. That being said, though, for someone who does have, you know, a social media presence and is looking to get ahead in terms of where to be next, should they be looking at, you know, the younger generation to see what they're doing or focus on what their own generation and most likely those are their ideal clients anyway, what they're using and how they're using it? I've always been an advocate on trying to be an early adopter. Um, but I think there's a reason why the younger generation is kind of getting into that. But I also think it's very important to understand your demographic too. You know, if you are, you know, a mom blogger, I mean, probably moms aren't watching YouTube videos 24 seven, you know, like the younger demographic, you know, maybe Instagram stories is the easiest way for them to check here and there, you know? So I think it's, it's just really important to understand your demographic, ask some questions, you know, get to know them. There's, I mean, Instagram polls are there for a reason. You know what I mean? Every, everyone's following is so different. I mean, I'm 28, like I said, and, you know, I'm not a mom. Lorena, my business partner, is, you know, in her early 30s, and she is a mom. And how my demogra- how my followers use Instagram is so different from how her, you know, followers use Instagram. And even when or how, you know what I mean? It's so different. Yeah. So I think it's just really important to ask and, you know, understand your following and what they prefer. Because, I mean, I see people, even big bloggers, ask this question all the time because they're like, should I dedicate more time into YouTube? You know, I feel like I'm, I'm just hearing this, but then their poll says Instagram stories is like higher than YouTube, you know, like they're more likely to watch, a, you know, um, a Instagram story than YouTube. So, you know, I think it's just, it just depends on your following and you just have to know and ask and Hey, if that works, then stick to it, you know, but there is a whole other, you know, world in the YouTube world too, you know? So I think it's, it's important to not neglect it. You know, I know that, um, when Instagram stories rolled out there, of course, like Instagram stories just kind of killed Snapchat in a way, but there's a lot of bloggers, you know, I don't know if you know, like, um, Lauren Edwards from the skinny confidential, like she has a really good dedicated following on Snapchat, you know, and she still to this day doesn't neglect them. You know, she's like, I built this following for a reason and why neglect them, you know? So, and there are really, I mean, younger girls that use Snapchat still rather than like Instagram stories. So I think just like, Hey, use, use what you got, you know? Right. Totally. So 
On that note, when, so like when we were in undergrad, that's kind of when all these platforms were starting to like really roll out. And I would say even up to two year, two or three years ago, there was something new coming out in terms of social media, whether it was Instagram launched, uh, Snapchat launched, uh, Periscope for a minute, you know, Vine for a minute, things like that. Do you think that at this point, the social platforms that are here are just the ones that are going to be here? Or do you sense that there's going to be something new and fresh that's going to come out that's actually going to stick? Oh, man. I don't know. I mean, I it seems like Instagram has really sticked, you know? Yeah. But I feel like there's also a lot of things that, you know, I mean, for example, blogging, right? Like, blogging is obviously huge, but... I also see that a lot of big bloggers are no longer blogging. Right. Blog, you know, so it's like, what's the next thing that's going to kind of replace, not replace blogging, but like, kind of like, is it blogging slash podcasting, like listening to blog, you know, blog as podcasts. Like I, I can't really say that, but as far as social media channels, I mean, I feel like really Instagram is trying to kind of take over the video and, um, photography aspect. At the end of the day, we know that a lot of people a lot of people prefer visuals more mm-hmm. than anything. So I feel like anything that's visual, that's going to allow people to understand, you know, their, their influencer, their blogger, or whoever it is a little bit more, I think that's the platform to stick to. And that's, yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think the same thing, like I have the, I have a craving for like something new, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's like Instagram, Kind of has a cover. <laughs> I know. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, like, what was what was so big was, you know, Snapchat and Instagram stories is that Instagram already has all these people building yeah. a whole nother following on a n- another social media channel is is difficult and it takes mm-hmm. time, you know. So, um, you know, I... I think, you know, it'll be easy if we can stick to one, but who knows? You know, I think if anything, yeah. if a new social media uh, network were to come about, then I think it would have to serve a different purpose than video and photos. Totally, totally. So I kind of want to backtrack into um, personal branding uh, because I want to kind of get your take on what, it really means to have a personal brand. So if you were to go to someone's Instagram, for example, and let's say they have beautiful photography, mm-hmm. it, that doesn't necessarily mean they have a personal brand though. So mm-hmm. how would you just determine what it is to have a personal brand? I think having a personal brand means that you, I mean, people know how you talk, how you dress, how your home is decorated, your personality, like that is your personal brand. You know, I think when it comes to branding, people just think it's all visual, but mm-hmm. it's, it's everything else too. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's truly everything. And I think that's where like Instagram stories is huge. Um, I think a picture can only do so much. Um, and people don't really read 
your full caption now, you know, they just scroll through your feed. And I think it's really, you know, again, like I said, your personality, your voice, your, how you think about things, um, you know, how you feel about certain topics. I think sharing all that is truly your personal brand. Um, and like I said, I think video is the easiest way to communicate that, you know, of course your photos have to reflect you know, your brand personality, you know, whether it's by the way it's edited or the way it's, you know, how you're dressed in the photos, but I think it all just comes full circle. So I would say like, you know, I think personality is the biggest thing. Yeah. And I think again, like you said, that's why Instagram stories are so great. I know from, you know, from a consumer standpoint, so to speak, there's been influencers who I almost unfollowed before stories came out and then stories came out and I was like, Oh my gosh, this girl's hilarious. Now I like have to keep following her and watch her stories, even though maybe her photos don't necessarily resonate with me that much. Like, are they real? Are they, you know, funny? Like, there's so much to it. Yeah, totally. So when it comes to being consistent though, and showing up and, you know, showing people that you do have this personal brand on Instagram, what recommendations or advice do you have in terms of being consistent? So like, let's say you have like the craziest day. Mm -hmm. Should you still be showing up that day? I feel like it's important too. And you know Mm -hmm. what? Sometimes you just don't feel like it and that's totally fine, you know, but the more you can share, I feel like more power to you. You know, there's yeah. people that connect about different things. There's people that appreciate different things, you know. So I feel like the more you can share and the more you want to share, I think the better, you know. Um So, yeah, I would just say, like, you know, the more you can do it, I think the better. Yeah. So you do have of the stock photo company stock that rocks. So would you say that that's something that can be helpful for those days where you didn't have time to go out and take a picture um, or you don't have time to edit any of your photos to post, but you can still be consistent? Yeah. And I think, you know, stock photos is so different. It could be used in so many different ways for so many different types of people. You know, there are brands that use it um, when, for example, let's just say like National Donut Day, you know, and they don't have the time to like take cute donut photos, like using that as a photo or, you know, they're using, let's just say they have a blog post that they talk about, I don't know, their favorite baby products, but they just don't have a photo for it, you know, so they need to use a photo that's a little bit lifestyle-y, you know, to use on their Instagram to kind of reflect your blog post. Um, There's just so many different ways, but exactly. And sometimes like it's really good to use stock photos as um, fillers, not as your main source of content. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like, uh, especially at stock that rocks, we try to, we always try to stay consistent. We always edit our photos minimally. So like, you know, people can edit our photos on top of that. Not all stock photo company allows that, but we do because we understand our demographic. Um, Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, I think it's important to to use it as fillers, not main source of content, because 
you never want your photos to look, your Instagram grid to look lifeless. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> not saying that like all stock photos are lifeless, but it just goes, it flows better if you use it with original content. Um, and you know, our photos are, we created our, our stock that rocks company because there, we were actually taking our own Instagram photos for, or I'm sorry, our own photos for Instagram and blog posts. And there were a lot of people in our, um, in our demographic, in our industry that followed us and they wanted more lifestyle photos that, and they loved our photos and we were only using them once. So we were like, why don't we just like let people use our photos? You know, we don't really care about like our own like exclusive photos for our own personal use, you know? So that's kind of how, and they're all lifestyle and, you know, other stock photo companies are just so cheesy, you know? So we really wanted like that Instagrammable like <laughs> photos. Um, so again, so people can use it for a personal feed. We want people to, we want people to, you know, really use our stock photos as their, as their own photos, especially on Instagram. Yeah, I love that. I love that. What are you most excited about, um, you know, the way that you've developed stock that rocks? You oh. said you kind of differentiated it with, you know, the ability to edit and yeah. um, that they're not cheesy. But is there anything personal there that you're like really excited about? Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, like I said, it was just a small idea. And when we first started Stock That Rocks, um, it actually lived under the Blogettes company. It was just like a part of our website that people can buy stock photos. But and like I said, we just did not expect to make, a, you know, a bunch of money. It was just like for people that needed photos. Yeah. Um, but it was it became a huge sort like one of our biggest source of revenue um and our membership grew and grew and grew and with that we had to grow our collection so here is essentially two companies under one company and we that's why we actually decided to take stock that rocks uh, you know away from the blog ads company and make stock that rocks its own entity its own website its own brand so i'm just really excited to finally get here and to have its own website um of course it is a blog ads company um but it's a, it has its own identity and man the collections are just growing and growing and the you know where there are so many people that are our members that just has given us so many amazing inputs, you know, it's like mm-hmm. want photos with face or without face, you know, and we want this type of photo. So our collection is just growing and growing and they're just like truly Instagrammable and pin- they're so Pinteresty, and <laughs> I'm just like so excited for people to see our new collection and our new website. I mean, the functionality is amazing compared to our old um, website and it's just super user friendly. So I'm just excited to continuously like evolve and make our site better and better, but there's a lot to look forward to when we launch it. Yeah, that's so exciting. I love seeing products that really come from what people want and needed because, you know, there's just so much noise out there that when something is created and is successful because of the input that people who are going to use it give, Mm -hmm. I always find that those are 
you know, the products or the programs or whatever, those are the ones that are the most fun to watch and like really learn from and be a part of. So that's really exciting. And another thing is, you know, it's a photo at the end of the day that you're using that our clients are using, um, or I should say customers, our customers are using on their Instagram or their blog. Um, and, ch- and a lot of stock photo companies are so expensive, but also yeah. using their rights. So like a photo can be like that you just want to use is like $125 or, <laughs> you know, and to me, like to us, that's just ridiculous, you know? Yeah. So, we understand our demographic. We understand, you know, our customers and how they want to use this. So our photos are extremely affordable. Our, we have, um, especially with our new website, we decided to do individual, you can buy individual photos. You can have monthly memberships or you can have like packages where your photos never, your, your package never expires. It's like you can just use, you can pay for as much as you use. Uh-huh. So, there's, we have different ways of oh, paying awesome. and it's extremely affordable compared to other, um, stock photo companies. So I guess that's another thing that differentiates, um, our company versus others. I love that. I love that so much. I'm so over just because something's super expensive, like that doesn't, you know, like things mm-hmm. don't have to be crazy expensive for them to be good. Like I'm so over like these high ticket, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And our photos are exclusively, um, sold from our website. Like we're not using other photographers, photos or anything. Everything right. that we have yeah. is our own photos. And so, like I said, like other stock photo companies don't want you to edit your style on top of their photo because it's, you know, a photographer's photos. And that's just not our demographic at all. So like, we all, like I said earlier, we minimally edit our photos so people can edit their style on top of it and it looks consistent on their grid or on their blog. So we just have all that in mind when we created our stock photo company. Yeah. I love that so much. And I, again, like such a good point about the editing and that is something to like be aware of. Mm-hmm. And so knowing that you can make it your style, your own there. I think that's amazing. And some stock photo companies don't allow you to post on social media without tagging them and hashtagging them. Right. Yeah. It's other photographers. So, um, so yeah, so I guess that's, it really differentiates us and we're just really excited for the launch. I love that. I love that. Okay. So let's talk about some lifestyle. So what did your morning routine look like today? Well, today, um, I woke up early and I like to kind of check my, in my email from my phone when I'm in bed, (laughs) help me wake me up. Um, Mm -hmm. so that's kind of what I started. Um, I started with a blog ads email and then my something to cry email. And I kind of go through and delegate my tasks from there, like emails and tasks to my team. And I kind of do that in bed so I can clean out my inbox even before I get out of bed. <laughs> um, and then uh, this morning at, at 5.30, um, I went for a walk around my neighborhood. I have been going for a walk because, um, surprise, for, surprise, I'm actually pregnant. <laughs> <gasps> oh, my gosh. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, um, yeah, by this, by the time this podcast goes out, I'll be announcing it. So, okay. 
Um, so, you know, I've been going on walks, uh, and then I just made breakfast and then I, uh, got on my computer, worked a little bit more, got ready. And then I came to the office around nine o'clock and just had meetings since then. So there you That's go. I kind of what my morning routine looked like. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's, I like, okay. So I check my emails in bed too. And mm-hmm. I would say like 90% of people are like, don't do that. I know. <laughs> I, I just like to do it in my, in the bed in the morning, like as soon as I wake up because I'm not fully awake and like, it just kind of gets me motivated to like hurry up and get the day started. Um, it's also my only time to really go through my email. My days are crazy at the office and I feel like I don't have a second to myself. So cause I'm in meetings all day and I don't have time to actually work, work, you know? So if I don't delegate work, um, and go through, you know, kind of my to-do list or create, you know, my team's to-do list, nothing gets done. So I kind of have to take, I have to wake up at like five, six in the morning to kind of have that time for my work time. And I know that's kind of crazy, but it's what makes sense. Totally makes sense. And then what is your favorite lifestyle hack or tip or trick? Oh man, there's so many. (laughs) Um, I would definitely have to say I love, I love, um, working out in the morning. Um, that that's one thing that I just truly enjoy because at the end of the day, I just don't have the motivation. And to me, you know, being so busy, you just forget about yourself, you know, throughout the day. And I think that that's the most important thing is like starting off your day with a good, with a great mood, great attitude. And it's really easy to get overwhelmed, you know, and it's, it's important, especially when you have a team of like 10 girls out of your company, plus you know, we have like 12 interns. So like we have like 25 people in the company and, you know, it just becomes, it's so important that you're, you take care of yourself and you're, you know, your best self. So, um, I always like to, you know, if, if I can't go for a walk or if I can't work out, then, you know, starting my morning meditating. Um, so I definitely try to do those too. Um, what else? I don't know. <laughs> no, I love that. Someone actually was telling me today about, you know, we often kind of put ourselves to the back burner when we're so busy in our business, in our career. But really at the end of the day, like there are parts of our business in our career that only we can do. So if we don't take care of ourselves first, then we're doing that a disservice as well. Totally. And I think another, I guess, lifestyle hack is, you know, sometimes, and I think you would understand too, but, you know, when you're a blogger or, you know, when you're an influencer, you kind of sometimes get discouraged and you kind of get stuck like, well, they don't, they wouldn't care about this, you know, like this is kind of boring. This is like a boring thing to talk about, but like, and it's, you know, your everyday might be born to you, but other people find it interesting because they're not living your life. You know, like yeah. I always think about that at the office. Like, it's like, well, my, 
you know, I'm not, I'm not doing anything crazy or I'm not in, at an event or I'm not at a traveling or anything. So like my day to day is kind of boring, but you can make anything interesting, you know? And, um, my friend, uh, I don't know if you know her, but, uh, Danny Austin, she's from Texas, Dallas, Texas. Um, I feel mm-hmm. like she does a really good job of making something small. So interesting. It's and true. She does. You know? And I think that, that's something that is important to kind of keep in mind is like, I don't know, just like nothing's, nothing's boring. You just have to let people into your life. And even if it's like the smallest, most boring thing. Yeah. Yeah. You bring up a good point because what she, I found is really good at, she's really great at storytelling and just, you know, telling the story of her day. And it's not even so much, you know, like these sporadic updates, but she's really kind of, bring us, bringing us along for the ride and telling us the story. Yeah, exactly. And when you build like, even like characters, you know, like mm-hmm. in your life and, you know, involving, you know, your characters, your boyfriend, your best yeah. friend, your roommate, and like kind of showing people like, these are important people in my life. And these are like the characters in my book, you know, and kind of letting them in on that. I think that is a huge component too, because, you know, my boyfriend is always with me. We live together, you know, and I feel like showing him has allowed a lot of people to kind of connect with me, our relationship. And I can't believe like how many emails I get a day when it talking about like, you know, them saying like, oh my gosh, your relationship has just given me hope or like just motivates me to find my best friend, you know, and just the smallest thing can mean a lot to people. So I think letting people in your life outside of your personal life, I think is huge. And it's like a huge benefit, especially if you're in like the influencer blogger world. Totally. I I love that. So good. So where can everyone find you, Sakura? Yes. Um, my Instagram is Sakura Considine. Um, and my, uh, my blog's something Sakura.com. Um, and then there's Blogettes. If you, um, uh, Blogettes is my other, you know, big company. We do branding, we do websites, we do brand photography for, you know, small to medium to big businesses, um, of all type of industry. So we do all that. And then, um, stock that rocks this just stock that rocks.com. So I know there's so many, but those are the three big components of where you can find me. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. This is fun. Thanks for listening to the influencer girl lifestyle. Love this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review for show notes and free resources on living out your influencer lifestyle. Head over to monicawoodhams.com forward slash podcast.